0: I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked on Mavic's Podcast. No, no, this is no, going to be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that. Hi, man. Hi, family. Welcome. You were locked down at the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me as always, my co host, contributor at Mavs.com, riding high, tied for fourth
1: best record in the NBA. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? You know, I'm just over here sippling, sipping sippling, sipping, my little uh, bubbly, sparkling Slippling. water. Slippling. Just looking at th- My son's banging on the door, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, he's hollering. But I think. If I'm trying to decipher what he's saying, I think he's hollering and saying the Dallas Mavericks are in second place in the Western Conference right now. Let's go. What in the world, bro? This is no matter your highest expectations of this team right now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that they would be right right here at this spot at second second in the Western Conference. And yeah you can go down the storylines for each of the other teams but we're st- you're still looking at and I know we're, we're 25 games into the season but a Denver team that brought majority of people back and this Clippers team you knew you know they were going to be resting people load management and all that but Houston and there's just so much stuff at, for Dallas to be where they're at right now it there's a lot of people to think and a lot of people a lot of people to give credit to for that but all around it's incredible right now Absolutely,
0: it's an incredible time to be a Mavericks fan, it's an incredible time to be doing a podcast about the Dallas Mavericks, so congrats to us and everyone else, I guess, that jumped on this Mavericks podcast bandwagon. Um, Today on the podcast, we're going to be breaking down the Mavericks 130 to 84, you heard me correctly, (laughs) win over the Pelicans, we'll do that briefly, and then we're also going to get into our fourth quarter blowout theater mailbag. We can't do fourth quarter theater anymore, which we wish we could do, but... We can do a mailbag, and so we're going to do that at the end of the show. Um, but before we do that, Isaac, a bunch of people have submitted five-star iTunes reviews. The last time I checked, we were four five-star iTunes reviews away from 400 five-star oh, reviews. Let's go. That's pretty crazy. Let's go. So shout-out to everybody that did that. Uh, this is from David Dimes. Hey, guys, love the podcast. Been listening every day since the beginning of last season. Do you guys think we will make a trade towards the trade deadline that will bring in a third star?
1: You want me to answer that?
0: I mean, just just <laughs> briefly. Just I mean, we're gonna do a trade pod later in the week. Yeah. Um,
1: one thing I want to preface it with this team because a lot of people bring up that Jameer Nelson, you know, all the that team back uh, the, the Rondo, Rondo trade, tr- the team. pre-Rondo you yeah. know trade team that was number one in the league in offense and kind of similar type of storylines and stuff of this team, and so a lot of people have been throwing that out there saying, man. Is this? Are we gonna do the same type of thing? And I do want to caution people with that because I I understood the mindset back then because they look at that did. team. And, yes, and and there's a small 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 um, sense of that here right now, but it's different, and it's different because you have Kristaps Porzingis. That is that is the piece that you would typically go to try go and try to go get to. Make yourself one of those top teams when it comes to playoff time. We've talked about this before, but there is a huge difference between being a great regular season team and a playoff team and being able to perform in the playoffs. The rotation shrinks when you have a super deep team that typically doesn't matter a ton in the playoffs. That's when the stars show out. That's when the stars' minutes go up. That's when when you play somebody like the Lakers or you play the Clippers or somebody like that. On a normal regular season night, you might see Kawhi get 30, to 33 minutes, Uh, but in a playoff game, you might see him get 40 minutes. So it's it's a totally different type of basketball game when it comes to the playoffs. So you get teams like the Mavericks and like some of these other teams across the league that might have a good regular season record, but in the back of their mind, they're also trying to figure out, do we have what it takes to match up with the best, with the other stars in the league? And when you look back at that team in the Rondo trade, that Mavericks team looked at it and said, all right, we got Dirk and we got some other pieces, but we really need to bring in, we have to bring in another big name if we want to make noise in the playoffs and therefore the Rondo thing happens. And if you're this Mavericks team, I think I honestly don't think they do swing for a third star because I think they're the, the next card to play with this team is the Porzingis card, if that makes sense.
0: It's a good brief way of answering that question. <laughs> also, Shut up, Nick.
1: from Bestie33, question at
0: what at this point who do you think should be the starting center we have mentioned that maxi should get more minutes um but bobon dwight powell obviously we've talked about at this point in the season who do you think should be the starting center and honestly i'm gonna stick with dwight powell as the starting center i mean it, it gives him the role presence we saw that in this game um i'll just stick with it i mean it, I, I at this point i'm Individually, I think that Maxi a better player than Dwight Powell. I think that he has better skills for today's NBA than Dwight Powell does. But I think that, you know, bringing Maxi off the bench has his advantages, and I love the Maxi Dwight Powell combo coming off the bench. But Dwight Powell, I think, should be the starting center. Just, just keep. I mean, it's working. The Mavericks are winning games. That's. I'm just gonna stick with it. Stick with it.
1: Yeah, I think at this point, I mean, yeah, they've won ten out of their last eleven, right? Five in a row. Second in the West, you said tied for fourth best record in the league. I think any starting lineup question right now, I think it's kind of invalid. I think you just kind of throw that question out because I mean everything's working right now. So I mean, yeah, I think if you're asking me, I think I would start Maxi over Dwight. But who cares right now? <laughs> like that—that that shouldn't be for us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You just do what's working. Let's keep our pitchforks in in the closet until we start
0: until the Mavericks start losing games, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so. This game was interesting at times. Neither team shot well from three at all. I mean, they were just both brutal from three. The Pelicans finished the game shooting nine percent from three. Nine nine percent. They were three of thirty-two. The Mavericks, little better. They were thirteen of thirty-eight. A lot of that came in you know garbage time towards the end. So not really. They're not really hanging their hats on that. A um, couple things of note from this game. Uh, DeLon Wright left pretty early in the first quarter, uh, early into his first first shift in the first quarter, and uh, he's out with a right abductor strain, which is a thigh issue, like, that's around your thigh, uh, and he's likely going to be out for today's game, if you're listening to this on Sunday. So, sucks for, you know, that whole situation. Hopefully, it doesn't, I mean, strain doesn't sound too bad, so, but we'll get more information as the day goes on. We don't know a lot about it right now, but... That's what's going on with Delon, right? I thought that, that was definitely one of the first things we should mention in this game. Uh, the other thing I, I noticed in the first quarter is Justin Jackson cannot guard Brandon Ingram at all. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't at all. We're holding our pitchforks in, Nick. Sorry, sorry. I was, I just, I'm going through my notes and the things that I highlight. I wanted to mention on the podcast, and uh, they changed it. They changed the strategy though, and they changed. They put Dorian on, on Brandon Ingram and kind of shadowed him. With with Dorian and it it worked. He only scored one point in the second quarter. So,
1: yeah, I thought, um, yeah, I thought Dorian played uh, Brandon Ingram really well, especially isolation wise. I really like Ingram. Uh, you know, we never fully gave up on Ingram, but I just like what I've seen from him. This Is he year. better than
0: Ben Simmons?
1: Wow, I think so. you thought about I think it. I, you're I think ben I'd take him over ben, uh, ben Simmons. Ben Simmons' hate is real. Um, wait, you take Ben Simmons over him for sure? Yeah. Well, I guess it just depends on. I mean, if you want somebody that can, I can,
0: uh, I can, I can build a contender around Ben Simmons.
1: You know, easily. Really?
0: Easier than what the six? I mean, if it's not what the Sixers are doing right now, I think. I can are you do sure
1: it. you can build a contender around Ben Simmons? Yeah, abs- absolutely. A championship contender. You can build
0: a championship contender around. Uh, Somebody who can't shoot. Two thousand seven Lebron James. That's that's basically what Ben Simmons is.
1: I would take that. I would take two thousand seven Lebron James shooting the ball over Ben Simmons right now. Yeah, but it's
0: not. It's it but the that, play it
1: wasn't that much better. Okay, I will believe that you can build a contender, a, a championship contender around him if Philly goes at least six games in a in an NBA final. The thing is, their
0: team it. right now is so weird around him. They don't have the enough shooting around him to make it work. True. They have not built a contender around Ben Simmons. I would build a contender around
1: Ben Simmons. I just think it's really hard to build a contending team around somebody who can't it shoot. It is hard,
0: all. but it is possible now, especially with the bigs that can shoot now around the league. There's there's enough shooting around. You just gotta find the right ones and it's they're not super available for the Maverick or for the Sixers. And
1: I I do I wanna I do wanna touch on something. It's not Ben Simmons. I was say thing. let's was, get off Ben Simmons. <clears throat> the Delon Wright injury and stuff and when I was mentioning at the beginning, there's a lot of people to thank slash give credit to for where the Mavericks. I've just been thinking of this about this over the past 24 hours of who's who's the most to give credit to for this. You know, obviously Luca taking that next step, but yes. is it a Rick Carlisle thing? Is it management thing? Is it um, the bench? Is it you know? There's a lot of different things with that. And one thing I do want to throw out there is they've been really lucky with the injury stuff. They yeah. haven't had. You know a bigger injury. And when you look at the top two teams in the West, Anthony Davis and LeBron, and you know for the most part, most of their pieces, Danny Green and stuff, they've all stayed healthy. Don't uh, Avery Bradley doesn't count. And you look at Dallas. Dallas has stayed pretty healthy, stuff. But you look at some of these other teams. You look at the Clippers with the Paul George thing at the beginning, and even just load management stuff. Yeah, and- you can count Kawhi. But like Houston, them losing Eric Gordon, I thought that was huge, huge. for them for a while. Uh, I think you, you could continue going down uh, as far as Portland not having Nurkic. Um, obviously, Golden State with, with all of their players, uh, with Clay and Steph and everybody. You know, Even New Orleans missing Zion, which I don't think Zion would make this roster, <laughs> this team, um I'm glad I took the under on the Pelicans thing <laughs> even though the you know the Zion injury, you know you couldn't predict that, but I don't think even Zion makes this team a He changes their dynamic for sure, but there's there's other issues.
0: Denver, do we count Jokic being being fat? Does that count as a <laughs> No. We're we
1: talking about physical elements or are you just talking about injuries? Just injury stuff. I just <laughs> I, I think it's you know Dallas hasn't been hit with one of those yet. Even even a core role player like a Dwight Powell or DeLon Wright or something that hasn't been out, in, you know, like 3 weeks or something like. You know that. if one of them happens, that everyone's going to come to you and say you jinxed us. Cuz <laughs> jinxed. But what's crazy about it is I would I would argue, you know, Dallas more than the Lakers and more some other teams. They have the depth to You know, withstand one of the, like a Brunson getting hurt. You got JJ Barea, whether it's, you know, whoever it is of those like key role players outside of Luca, obviously you have people that are not even playing right now. Even if you want to dig deeper and say, man, a two way guy in Josh Reeves has been killing it in Frisco and he hasn't even got to cut to see, you know, a, a blink of the team at this point, but yeah he hasn't anyway. even he hasn't even come up like for practice I don't think <laughs> no no so they have depth as far as role players go to where if injury does happen but it's just something to remember they've stayed really healthy so far this loss was the biggest in franchise history for the pelicans
0: that's huge <laughs> that's huge wow also the this Dallas Mavericks team 201920 have scored 130 points six times already this season six times in 22 games. That ranks third all time for the Mavericks in a full season, scoring at least 130 points. In 1986, 87, they did it 15 times. In 82, 83, they did it seven times. And that was the pace was a lot faster then than it is now. And then this year they've done it six times already. The only team or last year's team did it five times. So the the Mavericks have already passed how many times they've scored 130 <laughs> from last year to this year. <laughs> it's Dang. crazy. And 60 less games. That's wild. Um, I was going to bring up another thing.
1: I'm waiting. (laughs) This is riveting. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, okay. So We need to shout out a certain player
0: today from today's game. We do. Coming up, we're going to shout out a certain player. See if you can guess it. Coming up. All right, Isaac. A certain player needs to be shouted out
1: from this game. Boban. Boban, this was this seven foot version of JJ Bray it Just gave him a spark. He, I thought he played really well defensively. Rebounds. Uh, he had his little touch there on, on the post. I just the team loved. Everyone loves Boban. The, the team, fans, Twitter. There's no hate if there is a hate group that goes on like against or a hate Reddit thread or something towards Boban, you need to let us know so we can all attack these people. John like, Wick John Wick cosplayers. <laughs> John. Everybody loves Boban and it's really cool to see the team and just the arena and everybody get hyped up when Boban does well.
0: 15 boards or 15 points, 16 boards, 2 assists, 2 blocks. It reminded me of a random Salah game. Remember when Salah once a year would yeah. have a game like this? This is this is Boban. I think we're gonna get a one, you know, more than just once a year from Boban. But huge game for him. Twenty two minutes, and it's just Boban. Sometimes doesn't play. He gets DNP CDs, and all of a sudden he comes in and he can give them something when they're throwing Jaleel Okafor out
1: out there at him or Jackson Hayes. Bobon. Jaleel can just- Okafor, what? Give me the confidence to approach everyday life of Jalil Okafor, who tried, just kept on trying to back down Boban. I am like, what? What? Did, I know he got he had a good dunk and stuff, and but he has one. He just, has one move, like the back down and then do something out of that. Like he
0: has but that. that, that, he has that initial that. action. He can't. He can't initiate his offense any other way.
1: But that's the move that you do against any other person in the league. yeah, but he only that, has okay. the one. <laughs> You just pass out at this point if you're if Bobon <laughs> is guarding you, you don't even try the one move. You just pass it out. But I mean, he just kept on going at it, and I mean,
0: they don't really have
1: go. backup point guards though. In, they don't have, in New Orleans. Yeah.
0: They have they have Frank Jackson, who's like more of a scoring guy, and then they have Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's like a wingier guard, and they
1: just don't have backup guards right now. Backup. Point I will. Guards. Okay, I will say this though. They're, their roster's not complete trash. No, no. They're, we we they're like, like this other, roster. I mean, they're not healthy.
0: They're missing Derek Favors, too. That's huge for them.
1: But even that, like, there's some other teams across the league that I think is doing better with less talent. And I don't know. Well, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, Brandon Ingram's having having a good season. I mean, even Lonzo, we're still not all out on him. J.J. Redick, Cushu, Drew Holiday. Can we get? I mean, what do we have to do to get Drew Holiday on the Mavericks? But they, it's just they have players, Josh Hart. These are NBA players and good players. It's just, yeah, I don't know what's if if it's an Alvin Gentry thing. I don't know. Not out on Lonzo, but if you can guard him with Dwight Powell, I think that's your. That's that's tough. That's tough. That's a tough look for my guy Lonzo. You would have never said that if he was on the Lakers. If he was guarded by Dwight Powell. <laughs> Um. Anyway, New Orleans shouldn't be this bad. By the way, but Luca, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to. go. I mean, I, I'm tired of as weird as it is. It's tired of just going down the whole like the whole pathway of to bragging on Luca again. But Luca does this thing. They wore the city jerseys again. Shouts, hats off to you guys for wearing the city jerseys. I
0: didn't want to tweet this, but. Every time they showed someone with a city jersey in the stands, I just thought it was a plant. I just thought that somebody that the, the Mavericks like gave that guy a jersey or planted him, said, Hey, we'll give you ten bucks if you just wear this jersey. We'll put you on the Jumbotron. There's a couple guys I just look and they're so excited and jumping up and showing off the jersey and I was like, I don't know, I just feel like I feel like that guy's getting paid off. <laughs> you know what? You know
1: what I was wondering the other day when the two K screenshot was going on of Lucas yeah. rating and that oh, screenshot 96 BT dubs 96 That's, that screenshot of Luka had him in the city jersey and I thought to myself how many people play with the Mavericks on NBA 2K and immediately hit the jersey option and use the city edition jersey I'd like to know the the <laughs> stats the percentage from 2K. yeah the percentage of people yeah, 2K, from 2K. Can, we get some, can we get some big data on that that uses uh, that uses the city jerseys on there, but yeah, great great game for Boban. I thought Maxi had a good game. Um, Luca obviously was incredible, but you don't. Yeah, Porzingis had another funky game, but oh well.
0: Funky, yeah, it's just he he does bad things and he does good things. You know, there's just never there's never an in between. He does. You know, he struggled at the beginning of the game and then he came through and you know did some things he had some pick and rolls with luca that were really good he didn't hit any threes but he went to the free throw line and hit five uh he had five boards he only played you know he played less than 20 minutes
1: so yeah and i know I've, I've said this in some variation before but i'll try to sum up in one sentence how far i think the mavericks can go in the playoffs depends on Kristaps porzingis yeah and that so a lot of our questions, and let's get to our let's get to our fourth. No quarter. matter where they finish in the standings, how how he where he is at determines how far they go in the playoffs. Absolutely, I think a lot of our questions pertain to
0: trades, and I think the one thing that they need to trade is we the Mavericks may have to trade some wins for mm. Porzingis opportunities to get Porzingis mm. right to get him to the right. And maybe maybe they don't need that because maybe it's you know still him coming back. I think. One thing we're not talking about a lot with Porzingis, and here there's here's a question that we can talk about. This Drew Wright says, "How long do we preach patience when it comes to Porzingis?" I think it's a good question. I think all year, I I mean, for the five years of the contract, I mean, you have to wait it out. I mean, what's what's your what's your option to you, just I mean, get your pitchforks back out of the closet? We just put them away. Like, <laughs> do you want to get them back out? We just put them away after the Knicks losses. So Porzingis. The the things that he's struggling with are the little drives, the you know dream shakes, and I think a lot of that has to do with explosion. And I feel like he's lost a little bit of a step, and I don't think he'll get it back maybe f- until maybe the end of the season because his injury. He, he recovered from the injury last year. Remember, we, he was supposed to be able to play when he got traded, and mm-hmm. that was in February. So maybe until February when you know he starts to get some of that back and starts to get to be a hundred hundred percent, because. Those are the things that he's struggling with right now. Kind of just getting that extra speed, getting that extra, you know, inch around somebody to be able to get a shot off, or you know, be able to stop and pull up. You know, those those kind of things, the stop on a dime, kind of things. And he just can't. He's not able to do it right now, which is why he's. David Locke tweeted this out. He's one of the worst shooters <laughs> inside the arc right now. That's not a, you know, a lob or a, you know, dunk or something. Uh, and so, I, preach patience. Yeah, we're holding out the whole at least this whole year until we really freak yeah. out about it.
1: Yeah, I think some of it's confidence for him. I think some of it's decision-making. It's kind of like, yeah, a lot of people's thrown out there, including Rick Carlisle, the Gordon Hayward thing of how long it took Hayward to come back and be fully himself. And you look back at his Knicks days and – you see the putback dunks that he had, some really athletic, high flying type of plays that he had, even for a seven foot three guy. And you haven't seen that as much here, but I, I feel like you've seen, and this could just be me thinking about different plays, but it feels like. He has started to try to do a little bit of those. He caught that Luca airball uh, a few games ago, and you know went right back up and threw it down one-handed. He tried this, you know, tried to dunk through the lane to, uh, today against New Orleans, where he's just going through Jackson Hayes, hit his arm. And you know, I feel like there's different plays like that that three years ago he would go be soaring in for a three, but he or for a dunk, but. He might be, it might still be in his head of, man, I just don't want to get hurt. I don't want to try this stuff. It's not worth it right now. And that stuff will come, I think. But I think as far as how long we preach the patients, it's definitely this whole year. And whether it's next week or whether it's four months from now. You have to preach, preach patience for this first year at least.
0: Yeah, I went through a lot of his drives from that last year. He's playing with the Knicks, and a lot of his drives, he was taking a lot of contact. And I can imagine that he's trying to shy away from that. And his, you know, some of his drives are when he only has single coverage on him, and he still can't get that extra space. And there's just a lot of things wrong with it right now. He was able to stop and pull up and hang for a little bit, and then hit sh- hit shots like that, like you know, kind of like what Kevin Durant does when he's off the drive. But he just isn't able to do that right now I don't think so that that's an underrated part about what we talk about Porzingis I don't think it's the main thing but I think it's underrated all right coming up let's get to the rest of these mailbag questions let's fly through it your questions fourth quarter blowout theater mailbag all right Isaac let's get to some of these questions this is from Rambo a lot of talk recently about potential trades what position do you think the Mavs need to improve most
1: Oh gosh. Um trade questions get a little tricky for me, but We're just talking I'll about try. position, which which, yeah, yeah. which spot? Because well, I don't well, I don't want to look at me like this person's spot, they need to upgrade this person, but I think the Tim was, Hardaway Jr. spot. Well, yeah, I think there's a couple different angles you can look at it, whether it's a, another perimeter defender, whether it's more shooting, whether it's another playmaker. And I think it's one of those three cuz you <laughs> just, just nailed the Tim
0: Hardaway Jr. spot. All three of those things is what they need in that spot. And he doesn't bring all those consistently.
1: But, okay, well, yeah, it's, but see, I don't want to sit there and say that because it's like a shot towards him when he's been playing really, really good. If you, we're talking about and, upgrades,
0: though. Like, what what yeah, upgrade can you make?
1: Because, okay, the Andre Iguodala name gets thrown out there a lot, and I still think that, yeah, there's, yeah, I don't think that's fully dead. But I, I still think that like bringing Andre Iguodala into this spot, into this rotation, that's a playoff type of move that you can still continue. Cause that's, that's, that's the mindset you have to have with this team right now is what are trades that we can make that where we can continue this, the streak and this path that we're going down right now in the regular season. But it's also a trade That gives us a different type of look and helps us in the playoffs too, and so the Andre Iguodala thing, he would help perimeter defense, wouldn't necessarily help with the shooting part, wouldn't necessarily help with the playmaking part. But if I had to pick a spot of one of those three, I think they they do need some type of secondary playmaker to Luca, and that person has to be a good defender,
0: (laughs) like Drew Holiday. I mean, if they could do the you know some type of Drew Holiday upgrade from Tim Hardaway Jr., that would be. The most optimal thing you could possibly do, I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That would be in a complete dream world, obviously. But yeah. that's one spot. I think starting center too. I think you can definitely make an improvement on. Uh,
1: yeah, I yeah I would put that down the chain a little bit mainly because two. I, two. No, I would put it down to you know like three or four on that because I if you if if you're gonna separate the things that we do need, I think a secondary playmaker is one, uh, two behind that. I think is another shooter. Uh and obviously if you wish you could you could combine some of these and then greater defense long. and <laughs> you know all that stuff but, but I think because I still hold out hope that the best version of this team going down the stretch of a playoff game is Porzingis at the 5 and Dorian at the 4. Yeah. And then who fills out the other two spots alongside Luca at that point, and that's where I think you have to figure out for these closing lineups against a Lakers team or a Clippers team or any of these Western Conference teams in a you know seven game series.
0: I mean, obviously, if you could go Dorian to like Robert Covington, that's an that's an upgrade, right? Like that would be a huge upgrade for this team too. Yeah. So, uh, let's see. <laughs> Does Ist Walter says, Courtney Lee plus Barnes trade exception for Kevin Love. Who says no? Even if it was Courtney Lee plus Barnes for Kevin Love, I think the Cavs would still say no. I think that that's um, – There's a couple other questions about Kevin Love too. You want to talk about Kevin Love now just briefly?
1: Yeah, I don't want to get into it too much uh, because I want to have more of his numbers link the contract and all that stuff in front of me. but. I did see somebody somebody presented a case for the Kevin Love thing. I, I've always been a huge fan of Kevin Love, and I've I thought he was super underrated, especially when um, when he got to Cleveland. I feel like he got kind of the Bosch treatment, and well, he did. But anyway, um, I saw somebody present the argument for Kevin Love on on the Dallas on Dallas and this Dallas team of saying this would be Dallas going all in on trying to literally have the most lethal offense in NBA history. And <laughs> it already is the
0: most efficient.
1: Yeah, but in their case and their push for that is you would like you would put him and Porzingis wouldn't that be the best front court shooting pairing big men in the league? I mean, yeah, who did there, Dirk
0: play with? I don't think he played with anybody close to that.
1: Yeah, I mean and then if you found two other shooters, let's say you had Seth Curry and then you have another shooter on the floor with Luca and then you do Luca and then four out at that point and let Luca go to work. I mean what? Sounds like a good Ben Simmons contender. <laughs> <laughs> Except <laughs> no, not at all.
0: <laughs> because Why? You, the, you, got the,
1: you got the five out shooting. Because Luca you... can shoot. Because Luca, the, the, what makes that work so well is that Luca demands another defender to come over and help on his defender. Ben Simmons doesn't have, his defender doesn't have to do that. I didn't say it would be it, better. I just said that it would make them a contender. That's the most optimal team around Ben Simmons. But see, I don't think that works. It works in a playoff series because if you're so, then you ben think Simmons, Ben nothing works with
0: Ben Simmons then, just nothing.
1: No, it work. It works in a regular season. I just don't think it's a contender. That's my thing. Still think. There, it can. I still think it there's can a happen. there's a difference for me. I think they may be really really good regular season one or two seed, but I think getting to a finals and going deep into a finals series, no. Um, but. That that would be the case that you'd have to hear from Kevin uh, for the Kevin Love thing, but obviously the age, the money, still due to Kevin Love, and all of that. That, uh, yeah, that that obviously is a huge red flag and, and worries you some moving forward. If that if they do target something like that, which I don't think they will. Matt asks, which team wins five versus five,
0: five Bobans or five JJ Boreas? Five Bo Really? I think J.J. Barea defies logic and physics so much. I would pick the J.J. Barea's.
1: Is there a spot that he could get a shot off if he had five Bo Yeah, because
0: J.J. Barea could get a shot off on anyone, anywhere. It's that's wild
1: true. what he can do. He'd have to shoot like half
0: quarters. Because the J.J.'s would be able to spread the floor. I mean, you that's five out right there, right? I would play like a 3-2 defense with Bo and just say oh, good you, luck. If good. you put two bobons at the rim, JJ, one of the JJs is getting straight to the cup. I mean, he's just, he can, he, the giant killer, I mean, the floater is open all day for JJ Barea. On the other end, we're talking about, you're basically playing handball on the other end. Like they're, they're just passing over top of the JJs and they're dunking on them. But how many 40 point quarters have we had? What's the record? Oh, I don't, I don't that's a stats question. I'm not going to What's the biggest position of need for the Mavs to take next level? We did that one already. What's more impressive? This is from JB Economy. Scoring 40 and a quarter or allowing
1: 14? (laughs) I think 14. I think that's more impressive. In today's NBA, I think that's more impressive. That, I mean, yeah, it it
0: barely happens. But the the thing is, though, scoring 40, you have to do it. No one's going to give you 40. Allowing 14, the other team can just miss a bunch of shots.
1: Yeah, but I think yeah, you I think you gotta play good defense too. Yeah, the, the but, team has something to do with it. Zach asks, "How freaking good are these maps?" <laughs> good, but I mean, yeah, it goes back to that bigger question of, man, they're looking great right now. They're on a roll. I mean, the, literally, there's any team in the league. I mean, the Lakers are the what best team in the league right now, record wise, and Bucks, they should have yeah, been. Bucks them. are tied with them. Okay, Bucks. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, but they just beat the Lakers, you know, two weeks ago in L. A. and by fourteen, and so it's there's not a team in the league you're scared about at this point, And as long as they continue this up, they're on, what'd you say the other day? They're on pace for 57 wins or something like that.
0: No, I'd have to read um, the math. Yeah. It's whatever
1: changed. they're on pace for with that. And which would just obliterate <laughs> most people's projections of that. But at some point you don't. Yeah, 60 wins, just under oh, 60 wins oh, Holy freaking on pace.
0: Crap. If the Mavericks um, keep
1: this pace, which I don't think they will, but, 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 uh, you, you know, that's what at some point you don't want to get ahead of yourselves, but, but I feel like you're pretty safe to say that they're a playoff team right now. It's a 99% yeah, by ESPN, in. whatever. Um, my wife just asked me in the car today, she goes, So are they for sure making a playoffs? Like, is this gonna for real happen? I'm like, Yeah, I think yeah that's that's happening. So at some point, you don't you still want to enjoy the regular season, but at some point, you do have to start asking yourself, and you know, the front office is how does this team stack up in the playoffs what does since it is a totally different type of basketball what does the shortened rotation look like what does the supporting cast look like and that's where that's why I do think it's different from you know that pre-rondo you know trade team of you have to figure out I don't if you're asking I really don't think they do swing for the fences I don't think they bring in a massive name I think they do ride this out but I do think they they make a couple smaller moves I could see them making a Courtney Lee whatever you want to attach to it for Andre Iguodala and then being a player because Mavericks are really going to be a player in the buyout market right now right I mean that's the the thing is I think a lot of teams think they're going to be into the buyout market
0: and I don't know how many players going to get bought out but
1: they should be true they should be true I mean you're obviously gonna have the LA teams that's gonna be right there and but as far as Dallas being if they stay where they're at, a top four seed in the conference that's you know, wanting that's that's where they could be appealing to a buyout guy. Yeah. Somebody like Wesley Matthews last year for the Pacers, who got bought out by the Knicks, that's the type of guy that you know just that that type of player that Dallas would look at and say, Hey, man, make your pitch if you get bought out come to our team and on Iguodala type some type of wing or something like that so I think it's more of I don't want to be the Debbie Downer because I love trades but I think it's more for Dallas a smaller win now type of move like an Iguodala trade and then adding like a buyout guy in the buyout market last, que- last question
0: Dallas. we're going to get to this is from Dylan Wood super random thought I had the other day Oh, no. Who honestly had the better stint in Dallas overall? This is the question for Isaac Harris right now. Who had a better Uh, stint in Dallas? Half man, half amazing, Vince Carter. Oh, that's the answer. Or Harry B., Harrison Barnes. Vince Carter. Vince Carter had a better stint in Dallas than Harrison Barnes.
1: Vince Carter had a memory that Harrison never had in winning a playoff game, and I think – even though Harrison would have better stats and franchise stats and all that stuff, I think um, Vince Carter had a, had the better stint. I would. I think I would agree. Um,
0: unless uh, you're gonna go, unless you're gonna go off stint. the court, yeah, impact and off the court and all that stuff. Okay, well, that if you're enough. going
1: off the court, that's a different ballgame. Harrison did a lot of stuff off the court which was awesome he did
0: alright there's a bunch of other questions sorry if we didn't get to your question but that's the pod for today we'll be back tomorrow night to talk about or tonight which are, whenever you're listening to this to discuss the Mavericks against who are they playing now? A.B.
1: Oh, the
0: Kings home for the Kings back to back Porzingis played uh, what did he play less than 20 minutes in this in the Pelicans game so possibly Porzingis playing in this game Sunday night possibly Uh, the same thing as the last back-to-back he didn't play a lot in the first one so maybe plays in the second one
1: yeah i'm curious on this with that other back-to-back happening just a week ago or less than a week ago i'm yeah i don't know i'm not as confident in what this will be
0: i agree i think he sits to be honest if i'm just guessing yeah i have no clue
1: so there you go guys
0: thanks so much for listening to locked on maps peace out boom